This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, today I want to tell you about a personal story. And I know I go into personal stories sometimes on this podcast, but this one is very, very personal and it happened uh, recently. And so I want to share that with you because I think you guys can get some value out of it. So just here recently, my father, one of my favorite people on planet Earth, had his 60th birthday party. Okay. And when I say 60th birthday party, here's the thing I got to kind of let you know about my dad. My dad isn't a big celebration person, right? He's not the hooting holler guy wanting to go to an organized party. That's just not really his style. He's, he's more of a shut in, to be honest. I mean, he just, he likes to be by himself. Uh, he likes to just kind of watch television, ride his motorcycle. Like he doesn't really like to be around a bunch of people. Like for instance, he's rode Harleys his entire life and rolled, uh, you know, off-road bikes when he was a kid and all that kind of stuff, but he didn't really ride with people. That's never really been something that he wanted to do. It never really appealed to him to get a bunch of his buddies together to go out and go on a ride doesn't have a whole lot of friends. You know, most of his family's there and around, but a lot of people on my dad's side of the family, they're not really get together people. Some, some people are, but most of them aren't really, you know, big on getting together. And so I I knew this year that this was my dad's 60th birthday and I wanted to do something special for him. Right. And so since the beginning of 2019, I've just been kind of thinking through at different points, you know, what, what can I do for my dad? That would be really awesome. Cause I was just afraid on his 60th birthday, he was going to go to work, come home, you know, eat some food and, you know, watch television and then go to the bed. And I just didn't want that to happen for him. I wanted him to have something special. And so I started thinking of different ideas, but the problem was, is, you know, when you're thinking about ideas for somebody, you kind of think of the stuff you think is cool. And then you try to put it through the filter of that other person to see if you think they would think it was cool. And so a lot of the ideas I thought were cool, I had to realize, okay, he probably wouldn't like that. So I'm like, I'm going to take him to a thunder game, but it's like, well, he doesn't like big crowds. He's not really that into basketball. So that wouldn't have been that fun. And then it's like, okay, well maybe I'll take him to a Texas Rangers game. Cause that's what, you know, we did uh, a few times when I was a kid, we would go down to, to Dallas and go or Arlington and go watch the Texas Rangers play. But I was like, ah, you know, my dad's not that into baseball and he hasn't really mentioned baseball or wanting to go to a game ever. But then it's like, okay, what does he like? He really likes racing. He likes cars. And so then I started brainstorming and this is my wife and I brainstorming by the way. And then it was like, okay, well, uh, what if I took him to Texas motor speedway for a race? Well, you know, there wasn't really one. I think the Texas Motor Speedway race is like way later in the year. It wasn't going to be close to his birthday. You know, again, it's kind of big crowds, long drive. And it's just like, maybe it would have been a cool idea. Maybe not. But then I started to kind of zone in on the idea that I thought would be cool for him. And it's like, okay, 
going and watching something, yes, it is an experience, but it's very different than when you're doing it yourself, whatever it is, right? So you can go watch people play football or you can play football. You can go watch people race or you can race. And so I kind of started working more in that range. Then it's like, well, I've heard about these driving experiences, right? And so I started to look into some driving experiences like the NASCAR experiences, right? Well, you know, you can go to one of the big speedways, and then they put you in this stock car and then there's an instructor in the passenger seat. But then I started looking at those and the reviews just weren't that great. You know what I mean? Like these, these are like, yeah, well, you know, it was a stock car and it was a big track, but they wouldn't really let you go above 50 miles an hour uh, just for safety reasons. And so you're just basically driving on these long straightaways with uh, a couple of left turns. Uh, it w- just wasn't that exciting, right? And there's not a whole lot you can do to make that exciting because here's the deal is if you're an instructor, you don't want to die. <laughs> I mean, you don't know who's in the, who's in the, the driver's seat. You don't know about their record. You don't know if they're mentally stable and there's a wall right there to your right. And so if somebody, you can't let them get up to 120, 130 miles an hour and just have them, you know, yank it into the infield or into the wall. So you don't really want to do that. But after all that, I found this experience that I thought only existed like on these kind of like traveling things or only in Vegas or other countries, but it was called drive exotic. And it's down in Crescent, Texas. Uh, It's kind of close to Fort Worth, West of Fort Worth. And the thing about them is they've got a lot of exotic cars that you can rent. And I don't know if it was probably my phone listening to me. Thanks a lot, Siri. But at at the same time, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I got this ad for a three car package to, you know, rent three cars for four laps at drive exotic. And the cars were like, you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and McLarens and, and, uh, Mercedes and, you know, Vipers and all these types of things. I was like, okay, okay that's it. I just kind of landed on it. It's just like, that's it. I'm going to rent my dad four laps in three of these cars. And that's going to be awesome. We're going to make that happen. Okay. So I went ahead and booked it. I booked it several months beforehand. Cause that's whenever the special was or whatever. And then I called my dad and I just said, Hey dad, what are you doing on this date? You know, the date of his birthday pretty much. And he's like, well, I'm working. I was like, take the day off for what? Take the day off. Well, you got to tell me what for. I said, no, I don't. You're going to take the day off. And then it was like, well, you know, I don't know if I can get off. And I finally, I kind of pulled a, you know, father something. I was like, dad, you're taking the day off. Okay. I can't tell you why, but you're taking the day off. So he got the day off. We kind of made our plans. And to be honest with you, like I, it was kind of so far in the future that I was just kind of like, I don't really know. I, it was kind of hard to get excited for because I had booked it so far in advance, but you know, my birthday is a couple of weeks before his. And so when my, when my birthday came around, I was like, Oh, okay. You know, we're getting close to this. And then as the weeks and days were approaching, I was just like, okay, I was getting really, really excited to take my dad to do this. And so what I wanted to do is he's down in Lawton, Oklahoma. So that's in Southwest Oklahoma. And so what I didn't want to do is wake up early in Oklahoma city, drive to Lawton and then drive, you know, three more hours to Crescent, Texas. So I was like, you know, it'll be cool. I can go down there the night before and stay at my dad's house. And then we would just leave out early in the morning. And so I didn't think of much about what we would do kind of that night before. I thought we would just kind of do what we normally do. So my dad and I will just go, go get something to eat, you know, just pizza or, you know, some sort of like comfort food. Cause it's my hometown, whatever that thing might be. And then just sit around and watch TV for a while. And both of us go to bed and just kind of go on about our way. But we stopped by a liquor store. There's a really nice liquor store in Lawton, Oklahoma, and they, they have some interesting things. And so we go by there, and then I just kind of throw out the idea to my dad. I was like, hey, you want to have a couple of cigars tonight? 
I mean, I've never smoked a cigar with my dad, but I saw one. The idea hit me. I was like, hey, you want to do some cigars? So he's like, sure. So we get some cigars. We go home. And, you know, this, it's really hot in Oklahoma at this time of year. And so it's well over 100 degrees. Uh, but then once the sun goes down, it's still like in the 90s, but at least the sun's not beaming down on you. And so we go out on the back porch. I pour myself a whiskey. He grabs himself a beer and we have our cigars. And we just kind of go out there and we just start chatting, right? Just super casual. I throw on some Waylon Jennings so that can kind of play in the background or whatever. And we just sat there and talked. And to a lot of you guys, it's like, okay, and so what? But but that that's really one of the biggest things is we just sat there and talked. I mean, my, my dad and I, we talk quite a bit. You know, we'll talk on the phone and, you know, we don't see each other that often because we don't live in the same city, but we, it's not like we don't talk. But guys, we sat there for several hours and conversed about some actually some really big topics. And a lot of them are kind of personal to my dad and I, but I mean, for several hours, you, you could almost tell like my dad just doesn't have a whole lot of people in his life that he could talk to in that way, where he can kind of be vulnerable and say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling about this. And you know, how are you feeling about that? You know, being a bold enough to ask certain questions that you wouldn't normally ask or wouldn't ask if certain people were around. And it was, it was such a good conversation. And my dad even commented at some points because he was really enjoying himself, you know, had, had some had some beers and had his had a cigar and he, he liked the cigar and, you know, getting to talk to his son. Like you could just tell he, he was beaming. He really, really enjoyed that. But, you know, the night ended. We go inside, go to bed, wake up the next morning. Now we're riding to Crescent, Texas. And so the cool thing was, is, you know, I got up like I was shot out of a cannon that day because I was so excited, but I'm kind of a pessimist by, by kind of nature. I'm not really that optimistic. Some of you guys may, may be surprised by that, but I'm just really not. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I had called the place multiple times just to make sure you, you, you got a reservation, right? Like we're good. And I knew I just figured, oh, now it's going to like thunderstorm and they won't let us on the track. But you know, track was clear, you know, reservations were good to go. We were all squared away. So now we're driving down there. And so I'm just needling my dad, right? I'm just like, Hey, you know where we're going? You want to take a guess? And you know, just, just playing games with him. But ever, ever so often he would just kind of give me a guess. He's like, I don't know. Are we going skydiving? I was like, I don't know. That's kind of a cool idea. Maybe we are going skydiving. And then I would take a turn and we'd be going a different direction. He's like, okay, okay, well, we're going west now. Um, I don't know. Are we going fishing? And it's like, dad, you really think I drove down to Southwest Oklahoma to take you fishing when it was like 105 degrees outside? Come on. But like the whole ride down there, I'm having him guess. But then we're also, we're enjoying ourselves listening to music. We got Johnny Cash going and Chris Stapleton and Willie Nelson. Like we're just enjoying ourselves going the whole way down there. But guys, he never even got close with a guess. I mean, literally it was skydiving. It was fishing. It's going to a, you know, a gun range and shooting. It was just stuff that was all over the place. He never even mentioned something about racing or about a car. So long story short, we're driving and he can see the map and, and he sees, okay, we're, we're about five minutes away from our destination, but you can't see anything where we're at. You can't see the track. There's not lights. There's not any of that kind of stuff. And so he's still really, really confused. And then I pull onto the service road basically to get to drive exotic, which is where this was. He still doesn't know what we're doing. And and again, I'm getting excited. I'm getting ramped. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. I even pull into the parking lot and he still doesn't realize what we're doing because it doesn't really look like a track. And then I go around the corner and he sees a Lamborghini and he's like, he just kind of looks at me and I just kind of look back at him. And I was like, you want to go fast dad? And then it all hit him all at the same time that I brought him to a racetrack to drive around some exotic cars. And I can't use the words he used at that exact moment, but it was basically like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What? What? I mean, I literally watched my 60 year old dad turn into a seven year old kid 
He was so giddy, so excited. Like, he couldn't wait for me to park the truck for us to get out so that he could, like, see the cars, right? And I'm like, Dad, come over here. We have to, like, get signed in and we got to do all this stuff. Like, you can't just walk in there and hop in the car and go. But it was so much fun watching his reaction when we arrived. He was so excited. But I knew my dad was going to try something because my dad has spent basically his entire life doting on me and, you know, giving me things and, and you know, kind of just being there for me. And I immediately knew what he was going to do. He was going to try to get me to drive instead of him. I knew it. I mean, I'm months and months. I knew that. And there was no chance I was going to let that happen. There was no chance. And so he literally looks at me and he goes, well, are you driving at all today? I said, nope. And he's like, well, I want to. And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I know what you're about to say. I appreciate it. But today is about you. We are celebrating you. We are celebrating your birthday. Let's get it going. So we go inside, we get checked in, you know, you got to watch a safety video and do all these different things. But I rented him four laps in uh, these three cars. So it was a Lamborghini LP560 four, a Ferrari F430 F1, and then a Dodge Viper SRT. And that Dodge Viper is 700 horsepower. That was the only one that they would let you drive uh, with manual transmission. Um, And so he got to spend some time with the cars because there was some other cars in there. There was a a brand new Mercedes that was in there that a lot of people have rented. This uh, Nissan race car that a lot of younger people like to race. There was another lamp. There were two other Lamborghinis in there. So he just got to kind of be around the cars, you know, just touch them, sit in them, like, you know, just you have them pop the hood so he can check it out. He's talking to the guys that own the place and they're talking about cars and all this gear heady type stuff. And I'm just, I am just excited. I'm just so giddy for him, but then it's time to drive right? It's time to drive. And so he basically, uh, he decided he was going to do the Lamborghini first, then the Ferrari, then the Viper, because the Viper is kind of like a tank that can go 200 miles an hour. And so it's like, Hey, let's get used to the track first and kind of go around. And so he gets in the Lamborghini guys, I'm taking video and pictures of all this. So I can kind of, you know, regale my kids someday about the story about what they did with grant, what I did with grandpa. And so he gets in the Lamborghini and it was like, he just couldn't handle himself. He was like, Oh my gosh, I am in a freaking Lamborghini. He just looks over me and he goes, I'm man. I'm so lucky, man. I'm lucky. And I, Oh man, I'm ear to ear. He takes it out of the, uh, the garage area. He goes onto the track, he gets his four laps and, you know, I meet him back, you know, at the garage and he gets out and he's just, Oh my gosh, Kyle, that was so cool. You would not believe how this thing handles. You would not believe how this thing drives. This is like the craziest thing in the world. And it was like, he was literally like when a kid's like opening presents at Christmas, like they're not even done unwrapping that present before they want to get onto the next one because they're so excited. That's how he was with the cars. He just wanted to get to the next car. Let's get to the next car. And I, you know, now I want to drive the Ferrari and, and then we get to the Dodge Viper and that's the six speed manual transmission. He's really getting used to the track now. Like he's really enjoying himself. And then he does those laps and I'm running around, you know, I'm going to, you know, the shop and I'm going on top of it so I can take video from up there. I got, you know, stuff that's down on track side so we can kind of get a sense of how fast he's going. And guys, I'm just having the time of my life. Like I couldn't get the smile off my face. I'm just so, so excited for my dad. It's all good to go. Everything went off without a hitch. And so we get back and he's done uh, driving the Viper and, you know, he kind of hangs around for a little bit longer. We take some pictures with the cars and do all those different things. But then it was, you know, then it was time to go home. Right. I mean, we, we drove down there three hours. We spent a couple hours down there. You know, he got the fullness of the experience. And, and that was one thing I was worried about. I was like, man, is four laps in each car enough. I don't know exactly how big this track is, but guys, it just could not have been better. And now we're on our drive home. Right. And to be honest with you, like I still can't get the smile off my face. And, you know, 
I don't really have a whole lot of moments like that because, you know, even even though I'm in my early 30s, I still kind of feel like a kid. Like when I go to family uh, events, I'm still one of the younger people there. And, you know, I still got my aunts and uncles and grandparents that are there. And so I'm still kind of like the, the grandkid or, you know, the nephew or something like that. It's just a little bit different. But this was an opportunity where I literally just got to do something for my dad. So and I just can't stop smiling because it's like this all was so perfect. Like there could have been so many things that went wrong and nothing went wrong. It's so good. But then one of the coolest thing that's ever happened to me happened as we're, you know, basically five minutes away. Like we, we just left the track and we're about five minutes down the road. My dad just, he's kind of talking and he goes, you know what, Kyle, the two best days of my life are the day that you were born and today. And I mean, like, I'm not a super sappy guy. But I was too excited at that moment and happy to like sit there and boohoo like a baby. But that was one of the most important things that's ever, that's ever been said to me. Right. I mean, because this is a dad that has not withheld his love at all. He's, he's constantly told me he's loved me and, you know, always been there to support me. But this was one of those things where it's like, man, this is one of the best days of my life. And so I, I've reflected a lot on that. Right. Because we had the three hour drive home. Again, we're listening to music. We're having a good time. It was more classic rock on the way home. So we had some ZZ Top and Bad Company and stuff like that going. But then we get them home and, you know, uh, we get a little bite to eat. And then I, I got to get back home because I got to get some work done the next day and all that. And so but you could just tell how appreciative he was and how thankful he was. He, he was so excited. And it was almost like you could tell he couldn't wait to get to work the next day so that he could tell people, you know, what his son did for him on his birthday, that kind of thing. But I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. And so. Um, I wanted to put this in a way that would be helpful for you guys, for, for the guys out there that are sons, which are literally all the guys listening to this, but especially for you guys that are fathers, right? So I have some reflections for sons and some reflections for fathers. And so I'm just going to do reflections for sons first. Okay. So the first thing I, I thought about whenever I kind of am thinking through this experience is my encouragement to you guys is that you should put effort and thought into the presence that you do for your father. And when I, I guess maybe I should back up a little bit. I know that not everybody listening to this has a great relationship with your dad. Maybe some of you don't know who your dad is. Maybe some of you have fathers that have passed away. And so um, this is just generalized wisdom. And I'm talking to the majority of the audience, but even if you don't have a great relationship, your dad isn't there anymore or something like that, you don't even have a father figure. I think this is still going to be useful for you. So just understand that I'm not so dense that I, that I don't realize some of you don't have the same situation that I do. Okay. So getting back into it, put some effort and thought into their presence because something that's kind of old hat. And I mean, there's even commercials that, that have this. Basically, every time dad's birthday comes up or Christmas comes up, it's just like, all right, well, if he's in the hunting, you know, you get him another camo hat or, you know, he really likes wearing, you know, the same pair of tennis shoes. So every year you get the same, you know, white new balances with the with the blue in on them or whatever the thing might is, you know, the dad shoes. And I'm sure your dad loves those things, but it is a little bit different when you do something that has a little bit more forethought because this honestly took quite a bit of forethought. It wasn't a cheap experience. It wasn't any of those things, but it was like, man, it was worth it. And I almost felt guilty. It's like, why did I wait till he had his 60th birthday? Why didn't I just do that at some other point? Like, would that have been that big of a deal to do it some other time? What if I just did it randomly? And so that that's kind of a small thing, but my encouragement to you guys is I understand just getting dad a t-shirt or getting dad a this or a that or tickets to the game. Like, you know, maybe that's what you do all the time, but maybe put a little bit more effort into it. You know, it might mean a little bit more. Uh, another reflection I had on this for sons is to give your dad the most benefit of the doubt. 
So what in the world do I mean by that? So a lot of people, like I said, have some negative emotions tied to their relationship with their fathers, right? And to be honest, if if your dad's not around, I mean, I, I can't exactly argue against you, right? But your dad is the male that should have been in your life to an extreme degree. Mine certainly was. Uh, Constantly around, constantly doing things kind of in your sphere. But when you're around someone that often, and in those intimate types of situations, you're going to learn more about them, and you're going to understand more about how they work than just about anybody, than any of your coworkers or fraternity brothers or whatever the thing might be. And so you've got the most opportunities to not give your dad the benefit of the doubt, to not give your dad grace right? Because you know what you wanted him to say, and he didn't say it. You know what you wanted him to do, but but he didn't do it. Or even as simply, you know that you wanted him there, and he just wasn't there. But my encouragement to you is just give your dad the benefit of the doubt, because my dad is certainly imperfect. There are some things about his personality that absolutely drive me insane. There are things about, you know, how he, how he operates and the ways, the decisions that he's made in his life. Like there's certainly a lot of things that I could pick on, but it's my dad, right? I'm choosing to give him the benefit of the doubt as often as possible. You know, my sister, she doesn't have a relationship with my dad, right? I don't want to get too much into the family dynamic because I don't need to give you all that much of a peek behind the curtain, but they don't even have a relationship. And we had the same, same dad lived in the same house, were treated the same way growing up, but they don't have a relationship. Because she doesn't want to give my dad the benefit of the doubt in a lot of these areas. And before anybody starts thinking up any ideas, there was no abuse in the home. There was no, like, none of that nonsense. Like, it was just, we have very different opinions about who our dad is. It's very unfortunate in a lot of different ways. But to move on in terms of more reflections for the son, the other thing is just maximize your time with your fathers, guys. And again, I'm acknowledging for the, for those of you who have your fathers that are here, but even for those of you who have lost your dad, whether you had a good relationship with them or not, I'm sure there was some regret. And we live in an age where most people don't retire in their hometowns, right? And they haven't lived there the entire time, right? So I'm one of those people, like I went to school in Edmond, Oklahoma, and I'm still in the same state, but you know, it's an hour and a half away and you know, it's really not that bad of a drive, but it's, you know, it's, it's enough to where it's very inconvenient. So you just don't get home to see the grandparents as much. You don't get home to see mom and dad as much, but guys do what you can to maximize time with your father, because you're, you're acknowledging that he's an imperfect person, but he is your dad. And again, you're given that relationship of father and son to understand things, right? God didn't invent dads and sons for no reason. Again, everything was created in a way that could glorify him. So if you maximize the time with your father, that is quality and quantity. I think that will be good for you. For, so for the sons out there, I want you to chew on that. And the last thing in terms of reflections for sons is honor thy father, guys. I mean, that's Exodus. I mean, honor thy father. That's 10 commandments, right? Fifth commandment. And I know a lot of people that don't take that seriously for either party involved in that scripture, for mother or father right? But the thing about it is, is when you honor your father, you learn about yourself and you also learn about God. You learn about that reciprocal relationship that you are wanting. That isn't necessarily in the cards because we're in a post Genesis three world. Things are broken, sin entered the world, and you're constantly, constantly going to be disappointed by human beings. That doesn't mean you can not honor your father. And again, for me, it's easy. 
Because, you know, my dad loves me and he he proved it over and over and over again. So for some of you guys, I know it's like, well, well, Kyle, you don't know my story. Well, God knows every story. And he still gave us the command to honor thy father. So think through that. But now I want to move on to reflections for fathers. So I have four reflections that I wanted to kind of go through with you. And the first thing is, guys, be your son's biggest fan. Yes, you can apply this to daughters, but again, I'm thinking about me and my dad, so this is father-son right now. But be your son's biggest fan. Because that is exactly what I experienced my entire life. There is no bigger fan of Kyle Thompson on this planet than David Thompson. None. None whatsoever. I'm ecstatic that I have his name as my middle name. And I, I'm very you know, anxious to, to give a son my name as his middle name and, and kind of keep passing that family tradition down. But the thing about it was, is I never had to question my dad's love for me. Even whenever he was disciplining me or correcting me or any of those things, I never questioned that he was all about me. He was so excited for me, right? I remember this one time, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, it's just a real quick story, but um, you know, I've talked about my ninth grade baseball team, you know, when I was talking about my uh, ninth grade teacher, English teacher that came out and supported me, but there were a lot of games that season where, you know, that was the year that my parents got divorced, and so things were really awkward and really weird, so my dad didn't feel like he could sit in the stands, and my mom was there, it was just, you know, it was junior high, it was junior high for adults, really, but the thing was, is you could actually park in the outfield. Right. And so you could park there and watch the game and do what you want to do. So my dad had this old uh, silver stepside pickup Chevy that he would park out like in right center field. And there was a game. I'll remember this until the day I die. I mean, he's literally sitting on the hood of his car, probably eating sunflower seeds, just watching his boy play ball. And I hit I hit a bomb and I'm rounding first base and I look out in right field and I kind of like point to my dad and like my dad is like going so crazy that I think he's going to fall off the hood of his truck like he was like I mean he was hooting and hollering and going nuts like probably spraying corn nuts everywhere but I just remember that like he was so excited right and he wasn't that dad that demanded I play sports like he always just demanded that I give full effort the only time I ever got in trouble on, on a sports field wasn't if I went over four or, you know, if I missed a tackle or anything like that is if I was dogging it. That's the only time I got in trouble. And so the thing about it was, is he was my biggest fan at all times and he expressed it. So for some of you guys out there that are fathers, you're the biggest fan in the world of your son and he doesn't know it. Make sure that he knows it. Make sure that he knows you are there for him and that you, you have every fiber of your being focused on how awesome he can be like you have no idea the level of confidence it'll give your son because i mean my dad thinks i'm the smartest kid in the world and thinks i'm the best student and the best all these things and it's kind of funny because there's a lot of these things that he thinks about me that aren't exactly true but he doesn't care like he doesn't want to be correct he's like no you're my boy i want to make that happen so guys be your son's biggest fan the next thing in terms of reflections for fathers is don't try to be best friends with your son now, that might, that might seem like I'm kind of going against what I just said. Well, I thought you just said be your son's biggest fan. Yeah, be his biggest fan. Don't be his best friend. He's going to have plenty of those. Like I talk about this all the time. I mean, uh, maybe not on this podcast, but to other people. The three guys that were uh, in my picture, that, that were like in my wedding party or whatever, like I don't see a lot of them very much anymore. It was four guys that, that were, that were in there. These are guys, you know, some of, some of them have moved away. Some of them have lives that are going a different, different direction. Sometimes, you know, you just kind of like move apart from people. It doesn't mean you don't like them. It doesn't mean you don't love them. And it doesn't mean you wouldn't be there for them if, you know, if they needed you, but we just kind of, depending upon where we're at in life, we have kind of our different set of core friends, right? 
But the thing about you guys, and the thing that I know a lot about for guys of that are parents of Generation Z kids or Generation, uh, you know, millennials or those types of things, is you're trying to be like best buddies, right? You want to be best buddies with your kid. But when you try to be best buddies with your kid, it kind of makes them lose respect for you because they've got plenty of friends. They have one dad. And you've heard that before. I didn't make up that quote. But I was kind of thinking through that, and there was a scripture that came to mind. It was Ephesians 6, verse 4. His fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's the mandate that we have. And so you don't normally think about your best friends and think about the discipline and instruction they bring to you. Most people don't want that in a friend relationship, but we have this innate desire for that in a father-son relationship. Could it be possible that there's a reason for that? I mean, I mean, certainly there's a reason for that. And so that's just my encouragement to you guys is my dad, he would say this as a kid and, and I'll remember this forever. He would just look at me and he'd go, buds for life. And I'd look back at him. I go, buds for life. Right. I mean, so we knew we were friends like that. That was my dude. Like we hung out, but he was never, he was never like trying to be my friend. He was just my dad. And we ended up just really liking one another. Right. Even though we're very, very different on a lot of core issues. But that's the thing is just the encouragement to you guys is just try not to be best friends with your son. Just be a good dad. Another reflection I have for fathers is be the most trustworthy person your son could look to. So now we're kind of getting a little intense now, right? Because your son, especially if you're in your son's life on a regular basis, and again, yes, you can apply this to daughters, but with your son specifically, he's got to be able to trust you if he's going to learn from you. Because I've talked to a lot of dads before, whether I've been, you know, helping out with a wrestling program or helping with a kid that's, you know, maybe falling away a little bit. And then somehow they end up, you know, with me and I'm trying to help them and move them in a certain way. And I'll tell them something that their parents have been telling them, but then they'll do it because I said it. And, you know, the dad's like, oh my gosh, this is like driving me nuts. I'm like, I'm glad he's doing it. But man, I've been saying that for years. And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's when a different person says it, or when a coach says, it, or when a guy at church says it, it's just a little bit different. But part of it is when someone else is landing in your son's ear and it's making sense to them, perhaps it's because they trust that person. Is that possible? Is it possible that they've seen you fall so many times and not be humble about it and not seek out grace and forgiveness that they don't feel like they can come to you because they're afraid that they won't get any grace or forgiveness? So that's the thing for me is I trust my dad. Now, there's certain things that I don't go to him with because he just doesn't have, you know, that level of understanding. So when I'm talking about business things or something like that, that's not really his paradigm. He can't really help me with that, but he can help me rebuild an engine, right? Something that I have no experience in. And so those are the types of things is I, you know, be the most trustworthy person in as many areas as possible that your son could possibly listen to or go to. Because you know the drill, especially when your your son becomes a teenager and all that. They think they know better. And yes, I went through it and you went through it too. You think you know better, right? Dad doesn't know. He just doesn't understand me, right? But they always come around. I mean, how for you, how long did it take for you to come around? You know, when you went through your rebellious phase, whether that was for five days or five years or whatever the situation was, then you come around. You know, for a lot of people, they say it's when they had their kid, when they had their first kid. They understood why their dad did this or said that or acted in that way because now they're experiencing it. But for you guys, the big focus I want to want you to have, especially if you're a father right now, is be the most trustworthy person your son could look to. Apply that however you want to do it, but just do it. And the last reflection I have for you guys is show your sons the way. Show your sons the way. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So guys, you can do all that you can 
to make sure that your sons don't go off and, you know, go into the wayward path. You can do everything that you can to prepare them for life, prepare them for college, prepare them for adulthood, for marriage, for fatherhood, for themselves, whatever the situation might be. But show your sons the way. Model it. Model manhood. Model masculinity. Make it seem easy. But tell them that it's not. Teach them that it's not. That they have to work at it. Again, we say here at Undaunted Light that a man is a male that cultivates spiritual, mental, and physical resilience on a daily basis. Are you doing that? And I know there's some dads I have in mind that I know are listening to this right now, and they would say that they're probably not hitting the mark. So what do you need to do in order to hit the mark so that you can show your sons the way? Because I know you're not going to argue that it's not important because it's certainly important. You know that it's important. But again, going back to Proverbs 22, 6, the very first two words are train up, right? That's the very first thing. Train up a child. You have to train them. Not like they're a dog, but the thing about it is, is how can you train them if you don't know the way? How can you tell them how important physical resilience is if you don't model it? If you haven't picked up a weight in several decades, if you haven't, you know, put on your running shoes in a meaningful period of time, why would he take you seriously? I mean, I'm being serious, right? For mental resilience, if they've never seen you read a book, why should they listen to you when you're telling them that homework is important and that grades are important? He should see you seeking out knowledge, listening, you know, to audible books or podcasts or reading books or going to conferences. He should see you seeking those things out. And what about on the spiritual side? Is he seeing you lead the family spiritually? Or is he watching mom do it? Is mom the one that's encouraging everybody to get ready for church and, you know, encouraging everyone during worship? Is mom the one that does the prayer around the table? Is mom the one that prays for the kids in their rooms every night? Is mom the one that spawns all the spiritual desires in the household? Is mom the one that sets the spiritual temperature in the household? I'm not picking on moms by any stretch of the imagination because you know why they're doing it? Because you're not. Because most good women, whenever they see their man leading in that way, will allow him to. It's not a power struggle. They just allow that to happen. They understand headship intrinsically. It's just just in there, right? But again, if you're not doing that, if you're not cultivating that on a daily basis, how can you expect your son to understand? Because again, for me growing up, I love my dad. I didn't really see him developing spiritual, mental, or physical resilience really ever. But I, I mean, I still love him. That doesn't change how much I love the man and how much I respect the man. But for me, it's been a little bit harder of a paradigm for me to get my head around understanding these things because I had to kind of look in other places. So why don't you give your son the best example possible? You live with him. A lot of you guys do. And even if you don't, maximize your time when you're around your son and show him the way. Show him how to do it. I guarantee you it'll be a good benefit for everybody. All right, guys, before we let you go, we're going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So today, all I want to do is that was a long, a long story. I'm glad you guys hung around with me. I just want to give you the website. So if you are ever in the kind of Fort Worth area, I want you to go check out Drive Exotic. I am, they are not a sponsor of this. They don't know that I'm even doing this. They probably don't even know that this podcast exists, but all I know is this was a really awesome time and I had a lot of guys 
that are sons that thought about this and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to do that for my dad. So if you have an experience like that, that you can go to, you can check that out. But I made sure to put their pot or not their podcast, but their website address here. So you can check them out. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, that is how this podcast is going to continue to grow. So when it is safe for you to do so, please leave us that five-star review and leave us a few sentences letting us know why you like the content. Guys, I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2019 and 2020. So if you want me to come speak at your men's event, at your conference, to your team, to your company, whatever, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. That's the email, I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah. 